my thanks my thanks to Ken Quiethawk for that creative and um, insightful uh, introduction. It, it always makes me chuckle when he elaborates and embarrasses me just a little too, but um, I'm appreciative nonetheless. We have an amazing show tonight and an amazing author to share with you. We have Amalia Harris, author of Synchronicity, Unlock Your Divine Destiny. She's the founding director of Know the Self, a mystery school for modern day living in which she guides truth seekers to access to assess their innate wisdom. She's helped thousands worldwide to liberate her, their minds and navigate expanding realities and establish sustainable lifestyles and live in, out their divine destinies. Her website is knowtheself.com. And um, she has the title of her book is one of my favorite subjects of all times. So, Amalia, welcome to the show. Are you there? Oh, she's probably muted. Amalia, if you if you unmute your microphone, we can hear you. Okay, Deb. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I'm unmuted. Um, You're unmuted. She should be unmuted unless she's got herself muted. Okay, you can hear me. We can't hear you, though. Um, hmm. So... Uh, might want to check your settings and make sure that Skype is letting your microphone be heard because it isn't to this point in time. Um, hopefully she can struggle through some of this. Um, her title of her book is, is Synchronicity. And synchronicity is one of my favorite subjects because it's, it's something that all of us experience all the time yet most of us don't don't always acknowledge the little insights that um, the universe gives us, and and it's those little insights, those little pushes, those little coincidences, if you will, that help us to follow our pathway, follow our destiny, and and sort of stay stay the true the true course towards where we are supposed to be. Uh, synchronicity is. It's, a, it's an amazing word, and it means so many different things to so many different people. But, but basically, synchronicity is when things just fall into place, when um, things just sort of fit like magic, and you can't believe that, that they are happening the way they are. It is probably one of the most um, exciting things to happen when, when the universe decides to shovel a ton of synchronicities on you and you just, you have to flow with it because there's absolutely no, nothing else that you can do. And well, I, I, I experienced this with, with my uh, late husband, Patrick Cook. And since she is trying to get into the show, I will take this opportunity to tell again, my, my amazing story. Um, I was doing a, a nightlight show on UFOs back in 19 in, yeah, it was, no, it was two, th anyhow, I was doing a nightlight show on UFOs and the one, an interviewing an author that spoke of um, uh, instances that had been authenticated. And one of the instances was one that I happened to be at. And I don't really do, um, 
uh, UFO stuff that often, or I didn't do it that often. And so it was, it was very unusual for me to, at that point, um, talk about UFOs. And there was someone in my chat room that kept saying, I'm an expert in the field. I know what, you know, I know all about your topic. Pull me in, pull me in, pull me in. But my author was, you know, kind of one of those people that you don't pull other people in on, but he had to leave early. So I pulled Patrick onto the show with me <clears throat> and we talked about UFOs and, and, and synchronicities. And because he never, he was, he was on the paranormal channel. I was on the spiritual channel. And as far as he was concerned, the two just never connected or didn't go together. So it was a unique thing for him to be kind of cruising around and find my show and then in the come into the chat room and be able to want to talk to me about the topic I was talking about. And after the show, he sent me a letter and he said he'd like to talk to me further. And that began a um, a conversation that, that lasted for seven or eight months. And it, it came to the point where we were talking on the phone for probably uh, 12 to 18 hours a day. It was very intense. We decided that, yes, we had a connection and that we were, um, we, we had something between us. There was a link. Um, are you back, Amalia? I am. Can okay. Yes, I can. I, let me finish oh, my story and, okay. and I will, we will go into your synchronicities. Um, so anyhow, Patrick and I decided that we, we, there was something here that we wanted to pursue. And so after seven months of just talking on the phone, um, I flew to San Francisco. He met me at the, at the airport with his van packed with everything he owned and his three cats. And our first date was driving 3,000 miles across the country. Um, he moved in and we um, became involved in, in some um, oh, megaliths that are around here, the stone walls, the stone chambers. We, we created a video that we presented at Megalithomania. Um, and after he'd been here for about seven months, we decided, he, he said, I, don't, I can't find a card for Valentine's Day, so let's get married. And we did. Everything fell into place. There was no way that you could, you could in any way have put the two of us together. If you knew the two of us, you would never have put us together. And yet we fit and we work together um, almost magically. And, and sadly, he did pass away three years after he moved in. But um, it, was, it was one of those relationships that everybody just shook their heads at and said, I don't know how that happened, but isn't it magical? And it was indeed magical. It was a synchronicity that was just absolutely amazing. So, um, so when, when I saw the title of your book, I thought, okay, not only can I relate to synchronicity as it, with big things in my life, I talk all the time about the little synchronicities that the universe, the spirit sends us that we need to be aware of to help us keep us on our pathway. So how did you, how did you flow into this, this wonderful, um, energetic field of, of realizing what the synchronicities are and how did you come to write this amazingly lovely book? <laughs> um, it's a long story, but I'll try and uh, give you the synopsis of it. I mean, you know, as a little girl, uh, you know, I was, I was 
raised Christian, so I prayed a lot, and I noticed my answers to prayer through synchronicities. And when I was about 17 years old, I um, started traveling. I I first went to England for um, sort of a study abroad program in college. and then decided to like keep traveling and, and did that for a few years. And I allowed synchronicity to just be my guide because in many cases I didn't speak the language, I didn't have much money. And it was just this way um, that I knew God spoke to me or, or the universe or some other force that kind of opened pathways for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just follow these gateways. It always felt like magical doors opened when I allowed synchronicity to be my guide. Um, and so since I didn't really have much um, adult supervision or <laughs> guidance in my life, I was left to be, you know, pretty much raise myself and, and do my own thing. Um in order for me to kind of trust that there was something larger, I, I just had this way of, of interacting with the universe through synchronicity. And then um, to come to write the book, uh, I found that um, because my life has been so such a series of ever-expanding synchronicities, and I have a lot, a lot of stories around it, um, people were just drawn to me to ask me questions about it. And year I wrote the book, um, I was actually writing a different book. And many people kept calling me uh, nervous about synchronicity. They they had all these questions about synchronicity. Some of them were scared of it, like it was getting too strong. And they they didn't know what it meant. And so they were trying to, um, you know, think that they were either bad omens, or it was just too intense, and they wanted to slow it down. And then the next phone call from another client would be like, I used to have this magic and this magical touch and now it's disappeared. And then um, the next one would would just be this um, dilemma of trying to figure out the the complex puzzle of the synchronicities. And so I realized, huh, maybe I actually found myself in in one week's time having about seven conversations about it. And I was looking for the title of my book and thought, you know what, this is actually all about synchronicity so oh yeah well you know the energy has changed and everyone is experiencing amazing awakenings and Mm. because of that they have greater sensitivities to to seeing the synchronicities and not not really understanding them and and it is important to understand that it's it's your higher consciousness giving you messages and helping to guide you into new realities and Trusting that 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 guidance is is a, is not an easy thing for a lot of people. Mm-mm. Not at all. I, I mean, and then there's the decoding of it. So some people, myself included, um, you know, when a synchronicity happens, you just kind of think, "Oh, that means yes," because it's synchronistic. So you kind of. <laughs> make synchronicity mean yes it doesn't always mean yes you know like it doesn't always mean go forward keep going sometimes it can be a a warning um or or try it can be more complex so decoding synchronicity isn't always very easy and it can make you feel like a mad person when it's happening 
so fast. Um, you know, and a lot of like from complex dreams to then waking dreams and things like that, it can get a little bit complicated, but it is um, a way of interacting with our multidimensional nature. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really exciting about it. Well, and, and when we are talking synchronicities here, for, for many people would call them coincidences. And um, I have found that, that as I get older, I do notice them more frequently now than I did in the past. But but I'm still one of those that needs to have, and, and you had another word for it, but I call it um, the, the two by four in the face. Um, you know, when I, when I don't, when I, I will see the, 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 the hints, I will see the synchronicities. I will recognize that there is a shift and a change in direction, but, but there is a part of me that is reluctant to make a major shift or a major alteration if, if I, if I don't really get something major. So I, I am sure that it's not my ego talking. And so usually I just, I just, I acknowledge them, I write them down, but I, I just say, you know, I need a little more information, you know, a telegram would be nice, but, <laughs> but, you know, just, just give me a little more information. And, and then I'm usually hit in the head with, with something, you know, so profound that it's like, oh, okay, why didn't you just say so? And, you know, mm-hmm. um, and when I, when I go back in my journal and I look at the synchronicities, it's, it's all there. It's, it's, you know. It's kind of like how many times did we have to tell you that this is something you should be doing instead of what you're, you, you know, you're doing um, at this moment in time. But I have been a two by four in the face for my entire career in this field. And it, it though I recognize the little, the little cute, you know, synchronistic things that happen, I, I still am at a point where it's, I trust it, but I want to make sure that my, I, because I, I do feel that m- mo- a lot of people in this field do exactly what you said. You know, they get they get a hint and they go off on it half cocked and they end up having to go back to square one again. And frankly, I didn't like square one. So I, if I can mm-hmm. avoid going to square one, I'm going to avoid it. If it takes a two by four, it takes a two by four. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah, I call them course corrections or massive course corrections because, you know, our intuition um, gets stronger as synchronicity increases or I don't know which one comes first. But um, when we experience a lot of synchronicity, our intuition is getting really well trained and it's hard to, to base all your decisions on your intuition and synchronistic events when we've been totally programmed to think analytically and logically and and do what is appropriate or you know societal norms and a lot of messages that come synchronistically um, take us into wild territory so yeah you should make sure I know for myself um, at one point I, I reread all the journals I had written since I was six years old and I, I was about 33 when I did that. And I could see, you know, that's a lot of journals. And 
I, I could see the same message again and again and again, but I had never reread my journal. I just kept writing the same message again <laughs> as if I had amnesia. And I thought, you know, what's it going to take for me to like really listen to what my, my soul is trying to tell me I'm here to do, but it it's just, sometimes it's too scary and we're just not ready. And it takes something like you know, those of you who've read my book, like my house burned down. It, it takes something like that sometimes for me to um, really change course and do what I had been hinted about very kindly and nicely in my meditations and in all the synchronicities that unfolded. Like, oh, I should move out of the city. I should really go to the woods. But until my house burned down, I didn't do it. I so. That was a major two by four moments. Yes. <laughs> Well, I my two. What I think the the first two by four moment that I recognized was, I had been um, in this field for I've been in the field for about fifty years, but I taught school for twenty six years, twenty five twenty six years, and people kept saying you should do this full time, and I kept saying when I retire I will, mm-hmm. but but the 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 salary and the pension and the you know health insurance and everything. I can't give that up. I have bills to pay and a son to put through college. And I kept saying, when I retire, I will do this full time. And um, I guess that's something I, I, I kind of a hint to give to people. When you say you will do something when you retire and the universe wants you to do something else, the universe, honest to goodness, will 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 fix it so that you retire early. Um, I, I was in a major car accident and um, forced to retire early, forced into early retirement. And so that, so that um, if, if you know, you're, you're not going in the right direction, but you're reluctant to make a change, make sure how you talk and how you talk about it. Because if you, are if if the universe really wants you to move in a direction, the universe will will make it possible. And the universe doesn't think about things like comfort and salary and security. The universe just knows it wants you in a certain direction. And if you don't flow there naturally, it will make arrangements for you to be in that direction. And and often these are times where it's it's like, you know, it 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 doesn't. I think on the other side, they really don't think about paychecks and paying bills and mortgages and things like that they just know that your spirit needs to be in another place and they arrange for you to get there and (laughs) and it's it's sort of like if you take the hints ahead of time you don't have the major shift when when the universe takes over yeah and unfortunately it takes most of us a major shift i mean in, even what's what's ironic is even after a major shift like a car accident or or the house burns down like how many people still try and go back to their old life because that's all we know that's the ego sort of grasping for this old way of being when i i feel that what's happening is the soul the soul awakens to its own memory of why it came here on this mm-hmm. planet. And, and there's, there's a timing and um, a certain configuration of like, okay, like we've told you, we've warned you, you know, we're telling you again and again and again, okay, you're not doing it. So 
we have to redirect your path completely so that there's no other choice. <laughs> well, that's what happened. I did try to go back. Yeah, and, everyone does. Um, it's, it's weird. Me too. I, I <laughs> tried to go back and they made sure that physically I was not capable of going back into the yeah. classroom. That's what happens. And I was forced into early retirement, kicking and screaming because. We, yeah, why do we do that? And I, someone like you and me who, you know, have been in this work for a long time, we, we still do that, kick and scream. Oh, it was. <laughs> It was, and well, let me, let me tell you how even bad it was. I was, I, I lived with my mother and a uh, single parent child in, you know, um, my, my son was in college. So I was putting a sing, I, I was putting my son through college and she said to me, you know, well, I can put a roof over your head, food on your food on the table, but I can't pay your bills. And I said, well, neither can I. And <laughs> so so I sat there with the school system um, fighting me on stuff because I had almost I had over a year's sick leave, so I was I was really just covered. But they they stopped the sick leave and and the bills um, the the bills amounted to a great deal. And um, at one point, somebody said to me, um, they called me on the phone and said, "Well, you know, um, you're disabled. You have disability insurance. Did you ever think of claiming on it?" And I said, "I only paid one payment. I'm pretty sure it doesn't cover this." And they said, "Well, yeah, it does." And they they filed the paperwork and it covered it. And I got a check for I think five thousand dollars that went, it was retroactive to when the car accident was, and it helped a great deal. And my mother said. Okay, so you're going to go back to work and do readings? And I said, no, if they want me doing readings, they've got to equal my paycheck because I can't. I just can't afford to, to, um, to do readings, and, and I don't feel right about it. And, and so about five or six months went by, and someone else said, do you ever think of applying for disability? And I said, I have a job. Why would I apply for disability? And they said, because you can't work. And... Um, I went in and, and they said at the disability office, well, you know, it usually takes a year and you're usually turned down. And I said, I understand that. They just told me to apply. And here I am. And uh, I gave them all the paperwork and I went home and my mother said, well, and I said, I'm going to get turned down. This is ridiculous. It was silly, silly thing to do. Well, two weeks later, I was approved and I got a check for retroactive to the accident, which was another $5,000. And my mother looked at me and said, all right, now, are you going back to work? And I said, no, I'm not, because I can't live on, you know, these two checks. They just don't equal the paycheck. It doesn't make it viable. And, you know, she said, you're turning my hair gray. And I said, it was gray already. Give me a break. <laughs> um, about four months later, bills piled up. Um I got a call and I was forced into early retirement. And um, so uh, I took their, their, in order to get me to agree to it, they had to agree to give me my medical and um, to give me my pension early. And it was retroactive to the time of the accident, another $5,000 check. And when I looked at the three checks that were coming in, to the dollar they equaled my last paycheck. Mm. I said, yeah. now I go back to work. Now, <laughs> Very now. good. So, you know, but it took 
it took that to convince me that if the universe was going to work that hard, there must be something here for me to do. And, mm-hmm. and so that was 30 years ago. Well, that's the thing with your soul mission is that no one else can take your place. It, mm-hmm. It's only your job. So the job's always going to be there for you, whether you take it now or later. And sometimes I think we need to increase our conviction. Like the synchronicities have to get so loud, so obvious for us to, for our ego, really the small mind of us that wants to hold on to control, um, to feel that without a doubt, this is the correct path. That the questions are, you know, put to rest. Yeah. And, the spiritual pathway is you, you, you use a term in, in your, in your book that, that I love and you talk about, um, starseed. You talk mm-hmm. about, um, a, the, the starseed within you. You want to explain what that, that starseed is? Yes. So I believe that we carry, you know, within us, our, our potential inside of our, our hearts, it actually lives in, in the center of our chest. And when we activate our spiritual nature and we, we see that we're much more than our human existence and we start questioning the, you know, why am I here? Um, what is it that I came to do? And those, those questions start to activate this, this seed that lives within us for us to wake up to our full potential. And when we um, bring in what I call vertical alignment, connecting to the planet, to earth, to the, the central core of the planet, the consciousness of this earth, and up to the central sun, which is beyond our solar sun. We, these two energies create this masculine, feminine um, alchemy that activates and, and bursts open this seed that lives in our heart, what I call the star seed, because it becomes a small sun and it starts shining out. And when we activate that, we remember our sovereignty. So for me, um, I got really clear that, you know, I I had a lot of experiences of, um, you know, really strange paranormal activity with other entities, other beings, dark magic coming after me, people trying to, you know, mind control things. And, I had a lot of tests um, where I felt like a victim for for a lot of my life until I learned how to activate my starseed. It was the pressure chamber that I needed to reclaim my own power. Um, And so when I activated my own starseed, this sun, this light from the center of my chest, I um, was able to reclaim my divine inheritance and, and recall um, my multidimensional nature. And I feel that that's what's happening right now. People are having spontaneous awakenings. Um, there's a a certain level of activation happening on the planet and people are waking up to this incredible sense of, of, of love, of freedom, of joy that sort of comes from the, the star seed. Um, and they're starting to realize, oh, I came here with a purpose and, and new information, knowledge that's just innate to who you are. Nothing about what you studied in school or 
what you were taught, but something that you specifically came here to share gets awakened when that star seed wakes up. Yeah, I would totally agree. And and I think I think a lot of people who are waking up are going through the dark night of the soul. It, to me, that seems to almost precede the activation yes. of the star seed. And dark night of the soul is is a time in which it, it's almost like you know, though you're in a crowd, you're alone and you feel out of sync with the rest of reality. And I, I know a lot of people either go to a shrink or a psychic when this kind of a thing happens mm-hmm. to them because because they don't understand that, that their awareness is expanding. And because of that, the vibration they're sending out is no longer in harmony with with the, the energy around them. And it's a time of, of coming into a more harmonious rhythm and, and flow with your environment. And the Bible describes it as dark night of the soul. But to me, it's actually an initiation time. Mm-hmm. And, I would and, totally agree. And it, it, it's it's sort of like, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong, folks, you can't just suddenly, you know, do a five minute meditation and flip a switch. This is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, big, big work. <laughs> and, and, but it's so worth it. And your book leads people through and gives them exercises as to how to pull them into harmony and alignment and and it it's it's really it, it's seven steps or seven keys and it does give people a, a deeper understanding as to how can they come to this time of awakening without going through the misery of dark night of the soul and and you might do that anyhow but at least you'll have a better understanding of what it is you're experiencing I'm really glad you brought up the dark night of the soul. And these keys that I'm sharing in my book are what I learned in my dark night and how I traversed it. Um, and the initiations of the dark night, for me, they they lasted nine years. Um, and every time, you know, I and I still have these miniature dark night of the soul experiences, but my my tool set and, and activating my, my star seed helps me move through them with tremendous speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that process of initiation, you're, you, we never really arrive anywhere, right? I mean, it's just further and further stages of growth. And I like to see it like a, I, I look at it like a tree, you know, and it grows into these uh, next year that another ring forms and another ring forms. And, each one of those rings that it moves out, your your consciousness expands. There's a level of initiation that you need to go through in order to hold that level of light and frequency through your vehicle. And it hurts. It, it's like a growing pain. And until you pop into the next ring, you have this pressurizing. Um, and to know how to do vertical alignment, which is one of the the keys offered in the book exercises there and, and really activate the star seed. You're able to find zero point and find the eye of the storm. Um, so that when you're going through them, you can see with, you know, open eyes and see through time and space as to what you're, you can witness it more and not be so attached or thrown away, thrown around with the pendulum swing of the, you know, when you have an awakening, you were, you, 
go we all go through these phases of like feeling you know like jesus christ buddha superstar to feeling um completely beaten and abused and on the floor in a victim mode you know so the the pendulum can swing so big from elation to horrifying terror um and this the exercises i share in this book are how to keep you centered even though that polarity swing might still be happening as you wake up to greater uh, understanding of, of how the universe operates you can still stay poised and in the center and hold on to your power well yeah in a way you become your own life preserver exactly and that's we are here to save ourselves no one's coming to yes. rescue us <laughs> and i i that's another very, very important point. And, and we come into every incarnation with all the tools necessary. And mm-hmm. so many people say, well, the answer's inside you, the answer's inside you. That's true. But you have given them um, charts and you have given them um, ways of, of helping to identify their tools and, and to sort of procedures to to become familiar with the tools that they can use so that it's, it's, and it doesn't happen overnight folks. It really doesn't. It's a growth process. And basically what you're doing is you're birthing a cosmic consciousness and any birthing process can be difficult. Having been mm-hmm. in labor 72 hours with my son, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and frankly, I wouldn't repeat that for anything. I'll take a couple years work instead. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is bloody and messy and horrifying at times but but the reward is extraordinary it it is and and what you have done is to give them the tools for putting magic to activate magic within their lives yeah it it adds a greater vibrancy to life It, it adds a greater um joy and and it adds greater awareness of all levels it's just an amazing thing but this is a way of of so if you go through this and if you journal and if you do the suggested exercises it's 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 a method it's a method and it's a good one um if you're the kind of person that needs to have structure this is a this is a very good key and and i love the fact that you you named their seven keys love the fact that it matches the chakras i'm sure that was that was absolutely intentional um and and it does feel that is as though you you have you've taken them on on a journey here through through your different keys that is is kind of it's 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 interesting and it does work i mean the first one is to tend your inner garden and and activate your star seed and and once that's activated is is it with the first key i can't remember that you give them the vertical alignment um i can't remember it i think it's the second okay (laughs) i start talking about grounding and just sort of some of the spiritual anatomy um these keys are actually what i wished someone had told me before i entered my dark night i i felt like this is such the the basic toolkit for everything that I discovered. And I didn't learn them, you know, sequentially. I sort of learned them here, there, and the other. You know, I'd been meditating for maybe 10 years before I activated my 
my star seed, um, even though my my spiritual teacher kept telling me to meditate on the heart and activate this light in the heart. Um, I, they don't call it a star seed, my teacher, but um, for me, it, it was only when I had that experience of it cracking open and, and turning into a sun and I kind of turned inside out and became um, this effervescent light of my own being, did I get the huge aha moment? And I laughed so hard because, you know, there it was for 10 years doing this meditation, thinking I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing in one moment that I, I hadn't been doing it correctly or it hadn't happened yet. Um, you know, I was tending the soil, but the seed hadn't sprouted. Um, well, I, what you call your star seed, I call the light body energy. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, you know, you're absolutely right. We get to the, you know, I have gotten to points in my, in my lifetime where it's like, oh, yeah, now I've got a good grasp on everything. And then I suddenly discover something I had never heard about before. And it, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, now I'm back to square one again, which is exactly where you have to go. And it, it it's an exciting journey because once you get to a place where you feel really co- – I tell people I know enough about everything to get in trouble, and I usually do. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's 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 a wonderful journey. It's you experience magic every day in in the most unusual of ways. It's really profoundly um, interesting and exciting. And so so you you tend your inner garden, which is you know getting to know yourself and and connecting yourself and being grounded is is probably one of the most important things out there because if you're not grounded, then then you know magic can happen, but you're going to be interdimensional for sure and and they'll probably put you away for a while so getting yourself grounded um helps you tremendously and and then your second key is get get honest with yourself and that's that's probably one of the hardest ones to to Mm -hmm. really work with because getting honest with yourself is examining yourself and identifying the fact that my gosh you're not perfect of course that's why we're here and um you go into some of the universal laws, which I think are wonderful. Um, you sent me, um, and and your has your book been published yet? Again, republished? You said you were gonna. It's going to be um, very soon this summer. Uh, you'll be able to get it by print. It's not available. Uh, it was on Kindle, and it's at this moment. If anybody wants the book, they can go to my website and email me, and I'll send you um, an ebook version. But it's in the process of being republished for version I, two. I made some edits. <laughs> I tried a lot. I tried the links you had in there, and none of them worked. That's why I was asking. Oh, did oh, they should? Did you get the workbook? The workbook should still work. And no, it oh, didn't. Like, you know, okay. I all of, but but the, I was I was just curious. I think I think the fact that you give a workbook is fabulous because so many people really. Um, really want a workbook. They want a journal. They want something to show that, that they're, they're learning and they're growing and they're evolving. And getting honest with yourself is probably one of the hardest things I think any of us ever do because, you know, we, we do things <clears throat> out of habit and we do things because we think they're right. But, but being really honest about why we do some things um, 
cuts to the core. And sometimes it's, it's, it, it is hurtful because um, you have to look in the mirror and looking in the mirror sometimes is not a, a, a fun thing to do. And yet when you do, you, you, you get past the fact that you've been kidding yourself in some areas and then you begin to realize that, that um, with that knowledge, you change and your changing internally is what's bring, what brings you into alignment with, with cosmic thought, cosmic love, cosmic, you know, you gal- whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So that, so that, it's important to, to really get to know yourself and, and, and stretch yourself in. And you give exercises that help people to do that, which I think is fabulous. Yeah, and the reason it's so hard to get honest with yourself is because we've been programmed for denial and numbing out. I mean, the, the way the modern world is designed is to keep you um, so distracted that you don't even realize what's going on with yourself because if you're living in a metro or anything like that, you're being bombarded constantly and you have to go to work and stay busy all the time. Like we don't have these um, containers for going deep inside ourselves and and being honest. Everybody, you know, how are you? Fine, fine, fine. I mean, we, we have to fake it all day long. And when you start to wake up, to your spiritual nature, you can, you start, to, you know, the veils thin out and you see all of the lies that we've been told or that we've been carrying or that we've been telling ourselves. And it's, that part is really hard. <laughs> I think well, that's yeah. part of the most challenging part is to realize like, wow, we've been lied to, or I've been lying to myself for so long. Um, but once you see it and get over the shock of the truth, then it gets fun because you're able to then now now you can do something with it, whereas before you were just um, in that denial. Well, when you when you realize that from birth, you know you're you're taught your parents teach you survival, and then they say you're supposed to get a career, get a job, be stable, get married, have children, and die. Um, your teachers teach you what they were told to teach you. Your religion gives you another restriction and 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 theoretically Mm -hmm. a foundation but not necessarily your culture as well and so you get to a point and most people you know in their 30s and 40s decide they either break that mold and begin to follow their bliss or 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 they and some very very few but some are really where they're supposed to be but they're for the most part we're not because we've been so conditioned to follow the patterns that have been given us that that we think following our bliss is is wrong and mm-hmm. uh, because of my car accident i couldn't teach anymore at least it traditionally in in a school setting you know i taught um challenged children and and so you know i get to teach now but in a different way and it's more fun and i i learn and i grow and while i loved working with handicapped children um there was something else that, that, you know, called to me. And I think most people, um, when they come in, they are pre-programmed with their skills, their talents, their gifts, and their tools. And parents usually, you know, try to honor them, but, but for the most part, they have to be shoved to the back. And a uh, few, very few, you, you know, you, in the, in the, what, 60s, we had the free spirits, the hippies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, 
they were they were well they were following a different kind of bliss but but the reality is they were they were trying to do what made them happy and mm-hmm. um i i that's what we're all supposed to do you know and, and there is a sense of responsibility to it to a certain degree too but if you are following what spirit wants you to do spirit takes care of you mhm and it mm-hmm. does i mean I can I can give you story after story after story of something I wanted to do I didn't have the money I thought it was a good idea I didn't put it on a credit card I said nope if I'm supposed to do it the money will come in and the money comes in Mhm and Makes and it's, it's trusting to the universe to to make those choices and decisions for you instead of and again another case of you know, I'm going to drive this time. I'm going to put this on a credit card, which was inappropriate. I would go to whatever it was and find it totally useless. So, and now I have a credit card to pay off. So it's 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 honoring the spirit within, and not being crazy. But but I, I tell people always to trust their gut, except when they've had Mexican food, and. <laughs> Of course, not the Mexicans. They, I don't know what I'd say to them, but 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 the reality is, our our body and our spirit will let us know what's right and appropriate if we take the time to tune to it and listen to it. Yeah, and you know, when when you say get honest with yourself, you know, a lot of people are honest people. You know, they're good people, and they want to say, "Well, I am honest with myself," but. I have a challenge if that's you listening um, who thinks that you're really honest with yourself. Like, do you have time um, every morning to reflect about your feelings that are underneath the surface? Do you go get silent with yourself? And are you dealing with any type of illness whatsoever? Any kind of ailment, um, any major accidents or anything like that? Because if, if there's anything that's off-centered or skewed, there's probably some place you're in denial. And there's no judgment in it because we've been programmed to be in denial. And it takes a lot to to stop and get quiet and get get honest with ourselves. Well, don't you think that the, 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 each lifetime is a challenge to wake up that part of yourself and to to get into synchronicity with the higher consciousness. I mean, you talk about the law of rhythm, which, which, you know, is what I'd love cosmic laws. So you want to explain a little bit about what the law of rhythm is? Yeah. Um, it's like finding your flow. So for me, the way I, I share it in the book is, um, to get in tune with your own rhythm. And when you follow your own, rhythm and movements and um, flow and to find this tune, this tune that's playing in the airwaves, you can actually um, move through life like water. You find the path of least resistance. And so I just think it's so beautiful to find a rhythm and a pace. So you know, we've been trained to wake up at a certain time to do things um, in a certain way and all this structure, but your soul might be in a very, very different rhythm. Sorry, there's a bunch of noise outside, so I'm just going to close my window. 
got a little distracted distraction okay. going on out there. Um, yeah. Well, and everyone has a different rhythm. And, and I think that that's, that's what makes it hard sometimes, especially if there's a partnership, you know, your rhythm may not be the same rhythm as the partner that you've got, and yet it's your rhythm. And so you have to honor it. And um, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to be in relationship with someone whose rhythm is so different than yours. Doesn't mean it's wrong or bad or anything like that. It just means that there has to be consideration for the other person and their journey. Mm-hmm. And um, the, there is, there is, of course, a cosmic rhythm as well, and there's an Earth rhythm, and that's why mm-hmm. it's and the it's, seasons and sure. the moon. Yeah, all and of it. Especially, especially the Earth rhythm, which which um, there's a, a practice called earthing, where you really reconnect with the heartbeat of the Earth Mother and synchronize it to your own heartbeat. And once you mm-hmm. do that. Then, then actually, to tell you the truth, um, a lot of illnesses go away. The the mm-hmm. earth, the I mean, the the Native Americans went barefoot a lot, and they were in constant connection to the earth, and they really didn't have the illnesses um, until, of course, the Europeans came here and gave them all to them. But um, for the most part, they were very healthy un- until they intermingled with those that had lost the connection with the land and the earth. It was really mm-hmm. very sad thing. So yeah, and when we find like the rhythm of all of the different, um, first the rhythm of our own soul. So we have a rhythm, and then the rhythm of the earth connecting to the earth, the rhythm of um, our day, how we want to move through our day. When we find those rhythms and and can harmonize with the frequency, we find ourselves experiencing bliss in the day-to-day moment to moment because we're not off vibration we're not you know jacking up on caffeine and trying to you know sit in front of a computer for 12 hours because that would not be a natural rhythm no but but you know it's really it's amazing how people get so locked into their routines that they yes they just can't break away and say, I'm going to take a vacation. I need to just not talk on the phone. I need to be one with myself. And, you know, there, there's, there's a sense of um, honoring. We know what we need. We just don't give it to ourselves. And, and yeah, that goes back to what I was saying before, getting honest with yourself. So if you have an ailment or a, any kind of dysfunction in your body, you're probably out of rhythm. Uh-huh. You've lost your natural rhythm. So getting back to the rhythm of the earth, doing the vertical alignment, which is like your earthing, I call it grounding, um, but connecting to the heartbeat of the mother and really sinking in and letting your body go into that zero point, that still point to be recalibrated to what your own natural flow and rhythm is. And from there, you will f- be able to heal yourself. You'll be able to know um, your instincts will guide what comes next, not your and, mind. And and not only that, but you will be aware of the synchronicities as they come along to a far greater extent. And mm-hmm. you yeah. talk journal a lot, and and that's something that I constantly tell people to do to to have a journal that is not only um, for spiritual reflection, but a good recipe if you find one. 
or 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 listing the synchronicities as they occur within your life um somewhere you can write things down because once you it's it's important to recognize things but it's also important to let the universe know that you've recognized them and if you write things down on a piece of paper in many ways you have cemented them into this reality and the universe can check your journal out when you're not looking and say oh she caught that one and she caught that one but she didn't catch this one and and it it helps for some reason confirming that you understand something by writing it down um gives you a stepping stone to reach to the next level mm-hmm. and and you know journals that are like that can be left around and people can read them or not because there's nothing in them that would embarrass you or anything like that my journal is full of of, of a plethora of different things but it's all important and because i've committed to paper i've written it down it it kind of it it gives me a a course to work upon to um to sort of reach for and and every now and then i can go back and check something off and say i did this so yeah i don't have as many check marks as i'd like to have but but <laughs> it's 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 a work in process and and i i do believe that that everyone can benefit in in many different ways some a lot of them in ways that that you don't even recognize initially until things begin to expand and take on a greater vibrancy and i talk about greater vibrancy so much because when you go through a process like this when when that star seed or the light body energy is is awakened and becomes a part of your everyday life you see things with with greater vibrancy you you see things more clearly you even see things that are interdimensional if you really work with it so that mm-hmm. so that it's it's really a, a joy to do but it takes time it takes honesty it takes it takes looking in the mirror a lot and not to check your hair but just to talk to yourself <laughs> i think this it's one thing about having a camera on Skype that I'm very upset with because usually when I do a Skype call or, or there's a classwork class with lots of people and everybody has their camera on, you can see everyone's adjusting their hair and making sure that the light shines right on them. And it, that's why I like radio. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but, but, it's very you know, distracting. It, it is. It's yeah. terrible, especially because I have cats who love to walk in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> and, Okay, we're going to take a five-minute break, and we'll be back. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP-proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. 
Studio A is 712-432-6958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. I don't believe I'm seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. I'll do you for that. What? Come here! What are you gonna do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight's always triumph. Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. Here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... And this is Nightlight. If you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener supported. From the owner to the hosts to the producers, who we can't live without. To the staff, all are working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and enlighten that isn't found anywhere else. And for those of you who have been asking when we are going to do another uh, Letter Rip evening, uh, it's next Monday night. We're going to do Letter Rip readings. So get ready to dial in early. Deb's number is the... Only one that I think works is that, and Deb, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> nine, nine something. You just do this to get me to talk. Nine one eight seven zero seven eight seven eight seven. And that will be posted on the on the notices that go out for the show. But there have been a lot of people asking when we were going to do another letter rip evening and. So since it's Labor, uh, Memorial Day, I'm scooting us ahead a bit, Memorial Day, I figured uh, that it would be a good time since Deb and I don't have anything to do. 
<laughs> that we would do letter rip readings. So if you're interested in getting one next week is the time to do it because that's when we will be ready to rip. Uh, we have Amalia back with us and we're talking about synchronicity and um, one of my favorite, favorite topics of all time. Um, and, and your key three is interesting because it's slowed down to speed up. But but it's it's also the the thing that 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 really 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 talked to me was the reclaim your imaginal realm, mm-hmm. and the imagination is so important, and the creative the creative talents that we carry there are to me what open that spiritual channel and allow spirit to flow into our reality. And so many people ignore or shut down or don't even acknowledge the fact that they have that quality within them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Our imagination has been taken away from us and told that it's um, not real, that it, it, it's a false reality. And actually, our imagination is the screen on which our soul communicates with us, as well as all interdimensional beings. Um, and and there's a trick um, between understanding. You know, when I say when I tell people that, often they say, "Well, how do I know I'm not making it up?" And th- there is a trick to know if you're conjuring something versus something being received. And it takes time to trust that. Um, and build up that muscle, but the imagination is that, that screen, um, that shares the other realms with us. And it just, it, it is a way of, of putting and helping to put magic back into your life as well. And so many people, um, I guess I guess it's partially, you know, you have to grow up and, and become an adult and, and you keep hearing that over and over and over again in your life. And having a vivid imagination is one of those things that they discourage. And I don't understand why, but they do. And it takes the magic out of your life. It absolutely does. And And by reclaiming your imagination, by reclaiming that ability, mm-hmm. it enables you to... Um, enhance your reality greatly and one of the one of the things that you talk about is that you really do create your reality by your perception of it that you are in total control Mm -hmm. and and that is something that so many people tend to choose not to not to claim or or look at or become a part of yeah And, and i have my theories why it was taken away from us because it is our uh, a very central um, sense that we have just like smell and taste and touch um, and you know everything that we imagine if we're creating something if we're an artist if we're an inventor if we're just thinking about a dinner that we want to cook we have to first imagine it in order for us to then create it so it is that spark of creation where all things become real after after they're imagined um so that's how we can master our realities by by working with our imagination and allowing it to be full functioning again because most of adults imagination have been shut down so that you can 
you know, go to work and stay in line with societal norms and, and to not remember uh, why you came here. But, you know, without your imagination, it's a black and white world. Mm-hmm. And and imagination puts the technicolor back in it. And yeah. it, it's, it's, it's so exciting to play with your imagination. And that doesn't mean you're not responsible. And, and I mean, you put it in responsible places. But... But being able to have fun and to be joyful, I, I truly believe that the technology of today has taken imagination out of, out of many children's lives. I mean, I'll grant you they go into virtual reality stuff, but there's something not as, as free-flowing as, as just letting their imagination run wild with them. They're, in other words, it's someone else's imagination they're playing with. Yeah. And, and, and to me letting children tell stories or make up stories. And I mean, I have the first book I ever wrote and I was Mm. two years old and I Mm. illustrated it as well. My mother, my mother typed it up for me because I couldn't write, but I told the story and we put it into a book and it was just, it's charming. And um, I look back on it and I say, well, I stopped writing books when I was two and it was, I was 40 something before I actually got, you know, my, my poetry was published and I'm working on, I think five different books now. So, um, it's, you know, I, I, if I, if I get weighted down with one, I just go on to the, another one until I recharge that, that energy that was in one place and take it and put it in another place. But so I just, I think that, that your steps are, are amazing. And, you know, your fourth key is to find your balance. And, and so many people just just don't don't pay attention to the fact that quite often they are out of balance and that mm-hmm. it, it's really important to step back and take a look and put the balance between the physical reality and the spiritual reality, to put mm-hmm. the balance between work and play. And, and I think you had charts for that, that you have work charts, worksheets for just about every one of the keys, I believe. Mhm. I do. Yes, cuz I feel like people need to get it at a different level and sometimes we're visual learners or we learn um I know I learn from experience. That's why I always have these course corrections or the 2 by 4 like you're explaining <laughs> earlier. Um because I can only own a lesson when it's ingrained into my physical body. So sometimes writing it out and having that aha moment or seeing it diagrammed helps. So I tried to work with um, all the different ways in which people learn through the book. So there's a lot of multimedia aspects. You can get an MP3 to hear a guided version of the vertical alignment. You can... um, get the workbook and and have the charts and all the diagrams that are in the book uh, there so you can print them out and work with them or put them in your journal or keep them near your, you know, meditation cushion. Um, And a lot of practical tools for just like charting your progress. I think, you know, so much of spiritual work is confusing because you don't understand if you're going forward or backwards or you've gotten yourself in more of a mess when you've opened that door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is where journaling and charting and just really understanding that there, there are ways to map spiritual progress, even though it's very elusive and feels like it's, it's in the, on the other side of the veil. Um, so I like to help 
people do that and give them as many tools as possible. And also, you know, I have my, my mystery school where I go deeper with people, but these are the keys that I used for myself because I didn't always have a teacher and I, you know, found myself, you know, out in the middle of some random village and different country really needing (laughs) to figure out how to move forward. Um, So that's where this collection of keys come from, all the different lessons and learnings and and teachings that I've acquired, um, but that are very practical, like to keep you grounded. Because I think when you do open these other doors to other realities and to your to your spiritual nature. I mean, we exist on multiple dimensions simultaneously. And when you start to see that or have lucid dreaming is normally the first step of waking up to your spiritual nature. Um, it can get a little bit confusing of like which reality is strongest or, or which one's more true or which one are you going to put all your energy and focus into and having some practical tools and things to just write down and, get your mind wrapped around, I think really helps to keep it simple. So oh, that was cool with the book. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what actually my website became my journal. And, you know, as I was interested in something and I researched it, I would type, I would put it up and I would put it on my website and the website, you know, just keeps growing because I keep finding new things to get involved in and new things to um, expand into and, and look into some, some things went, you know, some things went overboard and some things, you know, didn't, but it, but it's a matter of, of, of flowing with, with where, where you're called. And, mm-hmm. and so many people will say, oh, I always wanted to play the piano, but I never got a chance to do it. And, and it's like, well, what about now? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. if it calls to you, do it. I mean, and, and, there have been things that called to me and I answered the call and they were wrong numbers. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes gets <laughs> in the way. Um, I love mm-hmm. to sing. I do not have a voice. Um, I joined, I joined choirs because they had church choirs because they have to take everyone. And singing is, is, is a wonderful way of, of lightening your spirit. It is, it is an amazing high. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not good, it's an amazing high to just add your voice to it and, and be happy that there are so many other voices drowning you out that it doesn't matter that you're not on the right key. And so, you know, it, it's and I, I did that because I knew that, you know, even with training, I didn't have the capacity to do what I would like to do. But I found a way to do it. Um, so that I could experience the high and yet not embarrass my family. So, <laughs> and I think everybody has those things that they they really want to do, but and there's nothing stopping them. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's what usually gets to me. You know, I I always wish I had. Well, do it now. You're only seventy years old. For God's sakes, you've got a good twenty, thirty years left. But, you mm-hmm. know, Grandma Moses started painting in her 80s. And mm-hmm. um, so there's nothing that if you let the opinion of other people stop you from answering the call that is in your spirit, it's a sad thing. Yeah. And and so many people um, 
so, so many people do that. And I think one of the other things is, is to create, ba- you, you say create safe boundaries. And I think that's important for us all to know. I mean, just because we hear, we're hearing we love everyone doesn't necessarily mean that, that we really love everyone, that there have to be boundaries to our realities. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, the way that we've been raised, um, you know, I have a lot of theories of why we are raised in certain ways, but, you know, a lot of us have had trauma uh, at very young ages, and especially the birth trauma is the first trauma most of us experience, and mm-hmm. um, that's when, you know, our fields around our body, our spiritual body, you know, we have these sheaths, um, the panchakoshas in the Vedic tradition, it's called the the spiritual bodies that are around our physical form, those are still being formed as we grow up. And so, you know, it, at young ages, these um, spiritual bodies or our physical body gets wounded and we get these tears in our, in our spiritual body that um, break down the boundary around our physical body. So if you've had any kind of um, traumatic wound or illness or abuse, um, throughout your life, they leave scars on your uh, energetic field that then um, create holes for energy um, and darker energies to be attracted to. So when we realize that we're spiritual beings and that we have this this spiritual field, energetic field around our body, um, we can consciously heal that and that's what I'm talking about creating a safe boundary and of course our boundaries are in our yeses and our nos and and being very clear and having strong discernment with people um, but doing it in meditation and creating and restructuring your energetic field is extremely important it's like the number one healing modality and for anyone listening who wants to experience it i actually have a free video on my website right now if you want to go there um it'll come straight to your inbox you'll see a short intro about becoming sovereign but this this morphogenetic field around our body it's so important that we take back the ownership of it like we have dominion of that and that's how we can really restructure and create a a powerful container for our soul and our starseed to activate and take um, our shape to take our power back so that we can really do what we came here to do. You know, a lot of people um, feel like they've had a hard life or they don't have enough money or, you know, all the things that we're challenged with in life. And it can just simply be um, a tear in your field that literally can be restructured from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that, and, and your website, by the way, is to, um, is knowtheself.com. Right. And, um, but I think one thing that, that so many people take so many classes and so many workshops and they spend a fortune on, on evolution of spirit or, you know, raise the Kundalini or whatever. And the reality is while, while all of those are probably very sincere people, the, the true way of, of experiencing mastery of, this, uh, of the life and, and of the consciousness for this lifetime is individual work that is absolutely free. And you give them 
wonder uh, you give them a wonderful um, series of steps. Uh, you know, there is a workbook, and and it it enables them to be able to achieve it in their own time, in their own way, um, in 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 their own vibration. And and I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that that so many people are looking for another person to make them a spiritual master. And and you know, I hate to say this. I hope I don't break anybody's heart. But once you re- reach mastery of a level, you have to start another level and go down to square one again. Yeah. I mean, it is it is not you know like getting a PhD and being able to put you know PhD after your name and just strut around with that. It, it's it's the it, it's it's level after level after level after level after level and. So, so it's, it's, we're, we're never finished. We're, 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 Mm -hmm. we're, we are going to travel through time working on these different levels and getting to where we need to be. And, um, it, it just, what, 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 what impressed me, what I thought was so cool was that your website, you call know the self and uh, above the, the archway to the Oracle of Delphi, um, in, in, in Greek mythology was, um, not mythology, it was actually there, mm-hmm. was a sign that said, to know thyself. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important key. That's the most important thing. When you truly know yourself, then then magic happens on all different levels, and it really is profound. Um, one of the other things you said is, is, is to, I forget which key it was connected to, but it's one of the things that, is, that, that I think is very important, is to surround yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. And and so many people don't do that. And and I'm not saying slam the door on people either. I'm saying make sure that the people that are closest to you are people that are positive people that that you know are supportive of of you and and that you in turn are supportive of them to to have people around you that are constantly going to say are you really sure do you really think that's smart you know or that's a stupid choice back up and do something else those are the kind of people you want to kind of drift away from and and find people that are cheerleaders because cheerleaders are great people to have around you and and if if you happen to you know fall to pieces they will help you glue yourself back together again exactly those are the people you want because you will make mistakes everybody does that's why you're here um i mm-hmm. brief briefly sort of talk about what the soul group is because i think everybody has heard that but they're not really sure what exactly that means yeah the soul group um is something that i've always felt I belonged to since I was really little and I didn't understand why my immediate family wasn't a part of it. And that's kind of what took me on this whole journey traveling around the world was I was looking for my tribe and my people and the other ones like me that knew where they came from and what they were here to do. Um, So I believe that we all um, come from a, a soul group of 144 souls that make up a larger um, you know, 12 groupings of 144 that make up the 144,000, um, which is called a monad. And it's like a group mind. Um, the, 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 the monad has its own consciousness and it's like a mission. So 
the people from your soul group have come here with a mission that's compatible to yours, that facilitates it. Um, and we recognize these people um, because we feel very uh, psychic and connected to them. We feel like we've known them for a long, long time, even when we've met just for a brief moment. Um, there's just this strong feeling of, of kinship. And some some of those um, soul groups can be from from the 144 or from the 144,000 or um, could be from the smaller group of 12. When you start meeting those that are in your soul group of 12 is when um, the magic really starts to speed up. And it also is when your evolution of clearing any karmic debts, contracts, um, pieces of you that need to um, really get clear for you to to fulfill your mission speed up. So it's not the that's when a lot of dark night of the souls happen, <laughs> a lot of initiations. Um, so I wanted to mention that in the book because um, so many people are waking up quickly and and not understanding, you know, when you meet someone from your soul group, there will be a lot of synchronicity. There will be a lot of deep intuitive knowing. Um, and and there, there can be often also a lot of conflict when it when you get really close to the 12, um, where you need to, you'll be mirroring each other, you'll you'll find opposites, and you'll need to sort of work out some patterns in your system um, to get to the next level. Um, and those are really great celebratory moments, although they don't feel like it in the moment. Um, but when you get to the other side, the amount of expanded love and, and joy and connection that you feel is is pretty outstanding. Oh, definitely. And and twin flames, another term you use that I hear people yeah. bandied about. What is your definition of the twin flames? Yeah, thanks for asking that, because that's part of the... Um, the part of the book that I'm editing right right now. Um, you know, I had never, I'd heard people use that, that concept and it really um, didn't really mean much to me. But in 2010, um, I had a series of really unexplained phenomena happen when I met a certain person in my life. Um, and I did some regressions around, I'm a past life regression therapist. And so I have other colleagues and I asked them to regress me so that I could see the karmic connection to this one particular person because I was just feeling so triggered, so absolutely beyond uh, anything I'd ever experienced before. Um, and what I found out is that some souls, um, me and this person came came to earth, um, we merged energies and split into two. Um, and so what I'm finding is that there are not, not everybody has a twin flame. And I, I think there's a misconception. And when you're looking online or searching on this, a lot of people think their twin flame is like, you know, the one romantic partner that's going to fulfill all their needs. And, um, it's a lot more, to it than that and and romance is sort of the farthest thing <laughs> that happens when you actually meet a twin flame um so the 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 twin soul and and there can be triplets or uh, it's another part of your soul group so um 
in the group of 12, um, highly evolved souls will who've who've gathered a lot of light and and awareness in previous incarnation, like older souls, um, they acquire so much light that they start to split into two, three, four, five, and six. I happen to be one that split into two, and and I have met others that have further split, but most people on the earth at this time are single souls. They have not yet split. Um, So when you meet the other half of your soul, a twin soul, um, there is a strong polarity, a very strong polarity. So one is the the masculine and one's the female. It doesn't mean that um, you're male or or female. It's just the essence of your soul. And we take many incarnations. Um, But when these two um, souls, twins, come come into contact, there's um, a very heightened magic of synchronicity off the charts, uh, deep psychic awareness as if um, that person is is you. So it's another aspect of your soul. So you can have conversations and, and it's understood and heard, but there's also um, the only reason why twins would come to meet each other in this incarnation is to really clear uh, karma and evolve quickly. So that dark night of the soul thing we spoke about gets um, exaggerated um, to to burn off anything that's in the way of its full liberation to return to source. So they, what I've understood about um, twins is they only incarnate um, when there's a massive shift going on on the earth. So like every few thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll have um, an incarnation. And right now, there's a phenomena going on where many um, twins and quadruples and you know triplets, things like that are are actually incarnated um, simultaneously because there's there's a grand awakening happening on the planet. And so these twins are are helping to shift. So when, when you've acquired a certain amount of light, your vibration um, changes the frequency of um, your entire monad. So, so say two twins can fully uh, get into a high calibration, and there are ways I know people who actually measure um, the soul's resonance, the light frequency of the body, um, and when someone's vibrate it's like a, a scale of um zero to to 700 and anything over 500 um these souls can start offsetting souls that are below 500 so if you're vibrating at like 500 and above you have the capacity to offset other other souls and i feel that you know when twins come together uh it's a a test or or um, an initiation or a moment uh, to to clear even further um, for your for your soul group and for all of uh, those connected in in the outer rings. So it's fascinating. I can't say that I know um, for sure because what or anybody can know for sure, because this is all information that comes through 
meditating and channeling and you know each one of us who gets this information has our own filters and capacities to understand it on the mental level but every time I <laughs> learn about this my mind sort of breaks into a million pieces and I try and make it as simple as I can which is why this book is um, being edited at the moment because I felt like I needed to make it a little bit more tangible um, and still correct um, but accuracy is we can't get to a hundred percent so it's probably <laughs> somewhere above 70 percent I would say but well if uh, you were perfect you wouldn't be here so right <laughs> you know that's 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 the only thing that every now and then I, I'm enjoying myself so much I kind of say you know I, I'm so glad I'm not perfect because it means I have more lessons to learn and I'm going to be here for a while longer so it 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 is I think you know exciting but I, I think I, I think your book, as it is now, of course, no one can get a handle uh, can get a hold of it. But um, it when should you have it out for for the general public again? Uh, definitely by the fall, but I'm hoping um, by yeah by se before September. So let's say August is my goal. But I'm I'm hesitant to give a date because <laughs> it keeps. <laughs> Spirit has another idea for me all the time. And um, that's the other thing, like we're just listening to. So when it's ready, um, when when people are ready to receive it, when it's ready to be fully released, it, it will in other words, it's leave Michael my hands. In other words, it's Michelangelo's response to the Pope who said, when will it be finished? And he said, it'll be finished when it's done. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> my response. It'll be finished when it's done. You yeah. know, one of the things of waking up is like realizing I have no control over timing when I'm working with my spiritual dimensional self. Uh -huh. um, it's like that's been the hardest thing for me to let go of because, you know, I want to be a woman of my word and, and you know like I said it's going to be out in September it'll be out in September and then I start you know breaking myself trying to get it out and Spirit's telling me it's not ready yet <laughs> I, I think one of the most fascinating things of a process like this is that uh, you fold time you lose time time has no relevance to you at all I know when um, I created a deck of cards and I I, I worked full time. I, I taught school. So I would, you know, up at eight and I was at school until three thirty four, and I would come home and I would paint for 12 hours and then get up and do it all over again. And it was the most invigorating um, experience of my life. I never missed a concert for my son or a little league game. And yet uh, time, time just flew. And yet I didn't need the sleep because I was doing uh, it, it was a channeling. It was the, mm -hmm. the work was channeled, and um, it was it was an amazing experience. And and I find that oftentimes, if I'm writing something, I lose tra I lose track of time. And when I stop, I'm not tired. And it's mm -hmm. sort of. And if I am tired, then I was using my my brain and not my spirit, and I have to go back and 
redo whatever mm-hmm. it was that exhausted me because if I'm exhausted, then I definitely was at the wrong frequency. But exactly. One of the other things that you talk about is be happy for no reason. And, and I think that's something that everyone should experience, whether or not they decide to do all the keys or anything, but just, just to, to, to be joyful for no reason and watch people's faces when you, you bubble over with joy because so many people forget what it's like to just have fun. I have on my phone, which I, which I'm pretty sure I've turned off for tonight, but um, when, when, when people post or it's some sort of notice, but it's a wolf whistle and my phone will emit a wolf whistle at the most inappropriate of times and places. And, it never ceases to bring smiles to people's faces. <laughs> and, you know, it can, I, it happened in the grocery store one day and I was walking by this lady and the wolf whistle happened and she said to me, did you hear that? And I looked at her and I said, well, it had to be for you. I know it wasn't for me. And she got a smile on her face that I bet she had for the rest of the day. And <laughs> it was so easy and and it went I was in line at the post office and it, it went off and I turned to the man behind me and I said, Thank you and he said, Wasn't me and I said, Had to be you, there's nobody else here and he said, Okay, you're welcome and he smiled and it was so funny because um you know and, and it it's that kind of a of an experience or, or practice or whatever, if you can 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 experience joy and happiness for no reason, just to spread it around a little bit even if you're faking it to start with it turns out to be real in the end and Mm -hmm. and you know that that old saying of do um um you know gifts for no reason or or um just paying it forward kind of stuff kindness Yeah. yeah it 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 makes such a difference to the the um to the quality of your life yeah, I think, you know, somehow there's this habit of being chronic complainers that has just spread like wildfire. And um, But at the same time, I see that, you know, and we can get so trapped in that at work, you know, the the people that we see every day and, and habits with our family and friends that we've known a long time. Um, but really creating happiness practices just to keep your energy at a higher level and and a lot of people who wake up um myself included what one of the first things I woke up to is deep empathy and um when you start to feel into the pain of the planet of the animals of the children of the forgotten ones the ones who have no voices it can get so engulfing in grief and um, we don't want to stay there. <laughs> like there's, we have this whole other side. To, that's when the pendulum's swinging. Um, and I think when when we learn to find balance and to stand in the center, we can have this simplistic simplistic um, state of joy of of happiness in the in between moments. And this is where having a meditation practice, a gratitude practice. Um, the simple pleasures, looking at things, you know, stopping to smell the flowers and to sit in nature, it really reharmonizes ourselves to our natural state, which is joy. Well, that yeah, is a natural and, state. Mm-hmm. And, and break your patterns. And I know, have you, have you ever gone out and eaten dinner backwards? 
Oh, funny. Eating <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, like having dessert first. And absolutely. Then, if yeah, you eat dinner right. backwards, you have room for two desserts. <laughs> and and but but just to do that to to change that pattern for one evening, just for the heck of it. Um, it first of all, whoever you're eating with. Or especially if it's a group of people, if you, I, I have some friends and oftentimes we all go out to dinner and, and I remember once saying, okay, so today is a backwards day. And they all looked at me, I said, we're eating dinner backwards. And they, they happily were the kind of people that would roll their sleeves up and get into it. And, and so we did. And I, when I tell you that, that there was so much laughter at that table, just because we changed a pattern. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it takes, it takes work. It takes recognizing you have patterns and then saying, okay, let's change it just for the heck of it and have fun with it. I mean, you can have fun and it doesn't cost money. And I think that's, that's the yeah. thing that I have, I have tried to pound into people's heads because if, if you have to pay for it, then it's, then, then, then there's something wrong so that you can, you can, you can bring joy into your life. It doesn't cost a thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any, any idiot can write a check or, or flip a credit card out for an amusement park. And that's not the kind of joy I'm talking about. So that, so that, you know, the element of pure and utter joy going out and dancing in the rain or splashing in puddles or, building sandcastles or um, collecting stones or, I mean, there are so many things that you can mm-hmm. do in life that are, that, that don't cost any money. And that's why, frankly, have you ever noticed that people with the most money are more worried than the people with no money? Now people with no money yeah. are worried too, don't get me wrong. But, but the reality is if you have a lot of money, the very first thing you start to do is to worry about how do I protect it and how do I make sure nobody takes it away from me? Yes. So having no money is, is really a better way to go. I've, I've had a lot of money and I've had no money. And I think right in the middle is a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I understand how, how having a great deal of money um, you, you don't trust and you're afraid of losing it and, 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 and what it buys you. But, it, and when you have no money, you learn the joy of not having anything. And, and, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, people, you know, you know, are after you for paying your bills and stuff like that, that's no fun. But right in the middle is a great place to be because that means you have the ability to put the joy in your life. And, mm-hmm. and, and have fun with it and, and not the pressure of, of, you know, the, the having to meet the taskmaster at the door. So it's, um, it's, it's a great place to be. Um, You talk also about, um, and I think it's appropriate. You talk about having, having a mentor or a person you can go to for guidance if you need it and, and found finding someone that you feel comfortable with, to counsel you if, if the, if the moment arrives. And I think everybody, and it can be a friend or it can be a therapist or it can be a minister or it can be a, a, you know, it it can be anybody, but having someone that you can go to for counseling when, when you need it is very important and everybody needs it from at one, at one point in time to another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're in such a culture of, um, everyone wanting to be self-sufficient and do it themselves. And to a degree, that's 
fantastic. And I, I think, yes, we do need to do a lot of things ourselves and, you know, our spiritual practice and we need to save ourselves. Um, but, but there are things where we, we need support. We need community and the way our Western world has been raised and structured is to keep us really separate from each other. You know, now they don't even like people gathering in public places. You know, everybody's in their individual homes watching the television and not really communicating or socializing. You know, we're using social media and not many people like get out in person and interacting. And we really need that. It's a, it's a base level need for our health and our, um, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health. And it's, it's not talked about a lot. You know, we've lost uh, many religions, which, you know, the churches used to be something, and now that's, you know, been demystified. People don't want to go to church. Then we, we, all of our leaders have abused us, so we don't like leaders. And so we slowly have separated ourselves and, and placed ourselves against each other. But I, for anyone listening who's feeling alone and disconnected and doesn't know who's their tribe or their soulmate or how to get help, um, there is this workbook I, in, that um, Barb's been mentioning in the book that you can download um, to help you designate. Because, you know, just by asking certain questions, I can guarantee there are there are ways and people out there, they might not be in your local community, but that that can understand you exactly where you are, can, can give you the next um, little lift up um, and support and help. And that's the one beautiful thing about technology and, and online communities. Um, but there's a worksheet in there to help you really designate who those people are. And, and maybe it's people you know that you just didn't realize and you can start honoring them. I know for myself, it wasn't until my spiritual teacher died that I realized he was my teacher. Um, I just thought he was a great friend. He was definitely a type of family member. He was teaching me how to meditate, but I wasn't in the mindset that I was looking for a spiritual teacher. I, I didn't I didn't recognize him and revere him as such while he was alive. Um, and it took him passing that I realized what an outstanding person he was and how much he actually had gifted me. Um, so sometimes we don't know that, you know, the person next door, our, our, bed, our buddy or that elder that we like to chat with down the road is actually this great person who's there to guide us and, and really help us. So sometimes just recognizing them can get us that next le level of um, boost and evolution that we're looking for. Speaking of <clears throat> next level, you do have a new book that you're, you're going to be bringing out shortly as well. I do. It's called Rebirth and Renewal, and it's a transformational guidebook. And it's to really help people who are um, in the midst of a dark night of the soul or who are dealing with massive change and need to reboot everything. And it's actually a, a journal you write inside the book itself. There's a ton of work and stories um, and practices to align yourself to the cycles and rhythms of nature. Wow. Well, I, I think, again, one of the most um, helpful things about your books is the fact that you do have the worksheets, you do have the workbooks, so that 
so that people can really work through the process themselves and, and, and understand the different things that you're talking about. I think it's, it's an amazing, um, it, it's, it's an amazing and it's a magical experience and I highly recommend it because it does help you to do the work on yourself so that you, you don't, um, and, and there are times when we need to reach out to other people and just be reminded that we're not crazy and stuff like that. So that, um, understanding that, that, that that's appropriate to do, to, to, you know, say to someone, have I gone over the edge or is this just part of the whole plan? And, and mm-hmm. 99% of the time you haven't gone over the edge. You haven't even found the edge yet, but, um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it is, I think that's one of the, the, um, most rewarding parts of doing the work that I do is, is that um, you can confirm to people that they're on the right path, that, yeah, they're going through a dark night of the soul, but but they're almost at the end, and and they've done an, an amazingly wonderful job. And, you know, often you get really looks of, you know, you've got to be kidding me. And then and then when you talk about it, they understand that, that, that they have realized that, that they are able to go through something like this and and find positive things that they've learned and and then apply them to their reality and that's what that's what the whole thing is a, a rebirthing a phoenix rising letting go of what doesn't work and and holding on to what works for you and then being open for more things to come to you it's it's a very important process and those people mm-hmm. that go through the dark nights of the souls come out so I, I keep I keep hearing Barry Manilow's I made it through the rain and that to me has always been a, a song that talked about going through the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. yeah and for people who are looking um for community and one thing that happens you know when we go through our dark night it's normally no one around us understands it there's no un- un- realization that you're in this spiritual process and your family might think you've gone mad. Um, they might want to medicate you, all those things. And I, I created, I, I create groups, um, for those types of people that are looking for, um, their kindred souls. So I have in my mystery school, there's a year long course around this book, synchronicity, where we, we go through it over a year and we go through four levels of self mastery. So it starts with the student goes to the apprentice, then the adept, and then the mentor. Um, And so if anyone's interested in learning more about, you know, having a group of people to go through this with and uh, really go deeper in their their process or they're just looking for support, you can just reach out to me on my website, which is knowtheself.com. That's K-N-O-W-T-H-E-S-E-L-F.com. Um, and there is one, um, in person happening, um, that's gonna be announced in two days from now, um, up on Mount Shasta. I live in Mount Shasta, California, which is a a huge, um, energy vortex on the planet. And I'm taking 12 questers out onto the mountain for five days and four nights in the first week of August. So if anyone listening wants to meet in person and go through a rebirth and renewal experience, um, it's kind of a vision quest meets a a meditation retreat and a transformational workshop all rolled into one with delicious food and um, 
in a really powerful spot outdoors. So you wow. can learn more about that by um, going to my website as well. Mount Chasta is probably one of the coolest vortex places on the planet. So mm-hmm. that should be a very exciting experience for sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I lived out on the mountain for three months last summer, and it um, it changed my life. It was so healing. I had had my you know my house had burned down. Um, I had a lot of stress in my body after you know I was in the house when it burned, and I my nervous system needed to like resettle, and I just slept on the earth um, for almost three months, and. <laughs> I felt like all of the fear in my body, all the resettling, the earth just healed me. And there's so many magical moments out out there under the stars. So I I really want to share that experience with others. Well, um, being in a place where, my goodness, um, the energy is amazing. Oh, fully. Um, Amaya, thank you so very much. This was a great show. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Barbara DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical. UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com. 